0: Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling I'm your host JP John Paz with me today is a very special guest He's a former ECW TV champion, two times over Former three-time ECW tag team champion, of course And ECW world heavyweight champion, Mr. Mikey Whipwreck Mikey, welcome in, how you doing today, sir?
1: Hey John, it's good, everybody has this big long intro Like you hey. think that, you know, You're they know that they're watching Hey guys, I'm back my kid's going crazy out there. So, yeah.
0: right.
1: But here I am. Nice. You
0: uh, did a lot in your career. You know, you got to get, you know, the TV champ, the world champ, the tag champ. I mean, it's a good intro.
1: It's a nice resume, I guess. I'll take mm-hmm.
0: it. So what have you been up to? What's going on in your world?
1: Absolutely nothing. I am uh, making... When are we airing this? Next week. Next week. So my my... Appearances will be over by then. but uh, So I'm not going to plug them because that would be a pointless thing because <laughs> they'd be fucking over. Right. Um. Nothing. I'm not making any more appearances. Uh, I put a thing out on Twitter today kind of explaining the fucking list of hell that yeah. I, I deal with every day. And I didn't do it to complain, but I was like, oh, what's wrong with Mikey? Like, is he sad? Is he mad? Like, no, I'm not like any of that. I'm just... You saw the list. I'm just... I'm done making appearances. Like, it's just... You know, it's... Just done with it. You know, it. I get confused if I... Sometimes if I drive. So I always keep the GPS on just in case with a destination. So, (laughs) Garfield, I kind of just distract myself looking at the fucking cows down the road. (laughs) I'll remember exactly where the fuck I'm going. Because that's happened already. I've gone to the store and just completely... Twenty to twenty minutes to a half hour has just like doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not
1: so good. It, you know, I like to laugh about it because that's how I cope with everything. Right. Self uh, deprecating humor and things like that. But is, yeah, no.
0: Is Moose going to be pissed that you're not doing appearances? That's my question.
1: No, I told him I'll do WrestleCons for him, and I've, I've kind of told everybody I'll do WrestleCon, but that's kind of that's it. Like I don't want to do anything else.
0: So just one signing per year and that's it?
1: Yeah, I think that'll be that'll be good. To get me out of get it out of my system, I guess, if it's even in my system. I mean I might not even do that. You might ask me, you know, for next year and I'd be like, eh.
0: Nah. If you're interested or not, yeah. Right. So how you're feeling basically.
1: All depends on my mood, you know, and I'll be like, Oh, I don't want to do it, and then two days later I'll be wanting to do it. or two minutes later, oh yeah, I want to do it. Or vice versa.
0: Can you so. be talked into it?
1: Sometimes. It depends. Like if Jerry, like if I'm hanging out with Jerry and Shane and usually hack, it's, you know, it's, it's a good time, but uh, I don't know. Russell Even- Conzo, as of this, as of right now, I mean, that's just it. I'm like I'm not doing anything else.
0: Even with Shane talking your ear off.
1: Yeah. Well, that'll be at the time of this airing this past <laughs> weekend. So <laughs> But yeah. i was got a long good with Shane, so it's, it's always a good time to get to hang out.
0: He's a good guy. Good people. He
1: is. He definitely is. Talk, I don't he'll talk your ear off. He will. That's... Oh, yeah. Well, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Man, he'll talk your ear off. I don't know if you remember this. I just wanted to mention this just because I thought it was so funny. And I don't want to forget because I forget everything, too. Uh, a few years ago, we booked you in Virginia. We had you down for a signing. And we were sitting down having a beer with Eric Bischoff. I don't know if you remember that or not.
1: Yes, I do remember that. But I told him, too, it was nice finding out exactly what was actually going on at that particular point in time and and hearing it directly from him as opposed to, well, Melcher says this and Brian Alvarez says this and Vince Russo says this. And it's, you know, it it was just nice hearing exactly from him and not just from the creative standpoint, because he admits fully that that kind of sucked towards the end. But all the other stuff with the with the merger, um, you know, was it AOL?
0: A hey, old time warner. Yep.
1: Yeah, so it was it was uh yeah, there was a lot going on. It was nice that he, you know, actually said I was, you know, talented and that they botched the finish to uncensored. But uh, you know, it was cool. It was good to actually talk to the boss for a little bit and get his take on things. But yeah, that was fun. That was a fun a fun night. And I could have talked to him for hours. Like yeah. we, we could have sat there for another you know, I don't know, it was like an hour and a half maybe. Yeah, him,
0: he's, he's great and easy to talk to. And it's yeah. funny, I don't know if you remember this too, he said for you to put something on Twitter about him and he'd go back at you, and you were like, wait a second, I thought we were working here. He, he, like, he's acting like this is a shoot. Like, I don't know if this guy is, is right in there. I don't know if you remember <laughs> what, that.
1: What did he say? I, it was just quite funny. I said, man, that was kind of stiff.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, but it was yeah, all good stuff. So while well, my time in WCW sucked creatively. It was very nice financially, and I look at it a little bit more fondly now, I guess, overall, but it still sucked. How
0: did you get in, WCW? Like, who Like who was the guy that opened the door? Was it Sullivan?
1: Well, it, Kevin opened the door for me in 96, because Nancy got me. She told me to come down to Baltimore at the Great American Bash to come hang out and talk to Kevin. So I talked to Kevin. I was going to go in 96. And I was going to be managed by Teddy Long for whatever reason. I don't know. That was just that. That was the initial plan they gave me. Um, And then Shane Douglas talked me out of it. So I didn't go that time. And then I don't know. Pre Saturn was talking to Scott Hall. I don't even really remember at this point. But I just remember eventually uh, DDP called me. I think it was on either his Christmas Eve party or his or New Year's Eve party. He called me and said that everything's good. You know, your contract's written up. Eric has to sign it and send it back. And that was it. So it, I mean, it was a really easy, you know, thing. I, mean, it, 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 I didn't want to leave ECW at that point, but my bank account was very, very red <laughs> at that point because I was getting all the ring crew checks too, the the ring truck expenses and things. So that was also coming out of my bank account. Um, but yeah, it just, it's one of those things where it just kind of happened.
0: Well, you need the money. I mean, if, if Paul's not paying or if you get the bills racking right. up, you got to make that paycheck.
1: Yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was definitely bittersweet because while it was I nice say, Hey, you know, I'm going to go work with, not with, but Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and I'm thinking Sting and all the, and Ric Flair. I mean, it was just like, wow, that's, that's pretty sick actually. Um. But Paul, Paul pretty much told me to go. When I finally got him on the phone, uh, he said, I can't pay you that, or I can't pay anything nearly close to that. And I kind of didn't really want him to pay me that. I wanted him to make some sort of offer. But he just said, you have to go. And it was a really short conversation, and uh, that was it. Boom. Done.
0: Why did he say you have to go, though? Like, Is it because he couldn't really pay you back, almost, or afford to pay you?
1: Well, I, th- I think he had that going on, and... He knew my body was pretty beat to shit at that point. So
0: from these, the, from the wars of ECW.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny though. Terry Taylor, <laughs> Terry Taylor, was saying that uh, he heard that my body was completely shot from somebody, somebody. Uh, right. And then he called Jack Victory, and Jack said, "No, that's bullshit. Mikey's fine. Like he'll he'll be fine. He's sore, beat up like everybody else, but." Yeah, it was. It was just pretty funny that an anonymous source, Paulie, <laughs> told Jerry Taylor that I was basically <laughs> crippled, which now might be the case, but but back in 1998, 99, it was. Uh, yeah, I
0: was sore. When, My when you got W, look, you look damn good.
1: Yeah, I was actually motivated for about three days, damn, till it went all downhill. Yep, but yeah, no. It worked I look Like I said, I look back at it fondly at this point.
0: Why is Paulie talking shit to
1: Terry Taylor? That's what I want to know. That's Paulie. That's just that's just how he is. You, you accept look, you, you've, you've heard all the stories about Paulie. I'm sure from Shane and, and yeah. anybody else. So You know how you know how he is. He's Paulie.
0: Heard a lot of good stories. I from-
1: almost would have been offended if he didn't. Right. Try to do something like that.
0: Heard some good stories from Ty Gordon, from Harry Slash, from Shane. Got a yeah, lot of good, got a lot of good police stuff. Big Sal just had. we just, just talking to him about.
1: Oh yeah. Big Sal's not so big anymore.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, she's already still six foot nine, but yeah, he's not still not. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> Try to move my camera around so I'm actually looking towards the camera a little bit.
0: Paul Heyman, liar, genius. What do you Roll. think? Both.
1: I Actually, I don't even know why he li- Like, he lied because he didn't want to tell people the truth. Which, wait a minute, that actually makes no sense because that's usually why people lie, because they don't want to tell them the truth. But Paul did not like giving people bad news. And Paul did not like being the boss. And he did not like confrontation, I don't think. I think he likes it on TV, confrontation. But I don't think, personally, he enjoys confrontation with most people. So I just think he did it to, you know, avoid all that. And then knowing that he's the boss, what are the guys really going to say? There weren't too many that told him to piss off. Sabu did. <laughs> but there, were, there weren't too many that would actually just tell him, oh, you're full of shit, fuck off, Paul. And then what you just kind of learn to accept it. That's just how he is. And, you know. What about you? Yeah, like, you know, I have a career in the first place because of Paulie. You know, so, and overall, I did okay for myself. It wasn't like he fucked me over, well, a little bit at the end, I didn't get any money, but, um, you know, well, I, at this point, it's so long ago, and what I may have felt in 2000, 2001, I, I definitely don't feel now, I'm really at a point where I'm just, like, over it. Like, there are people I used to talk to all the time, all the time, and uh, I'm not going to mention names because that's – I'm just not in the mood to deal with it. But there was somebody I talked to all the time in ECW every day, pretty much every day, six or seven days of the week. And when I went to WCW, talked to them every day, like pretty much every day, same thing, or at least four or five times a week at that point. And then uh, that person went to WWE, and I never heard of them again. Wow. Yeah. Until I got a phone call a couple of years back, um, which I, th- I thought was to just say hey, which I thought was pretty cool. But it turned out that they actually just wanted something. So it was disappointing. And that part still bugs me. Um, but, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to deal with it.
0: You're allowed to say who it is.
1: Oh, I'm allowed to say who it is. I'm just not going to because I don't even need the fucking <laughs> drama. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Why, why, this one, why? it
1: would be drama and then it would just be like you know what then, then I would get annoyed I like, oh, fuck this guy and I'm at a point where there's no heat with this person but I'm just uh you know if I saw them I'd say hey what's up and that would pretty much be it it's just shitty that after talking to somebody every day for like you know three four years that's kind of what happens but oh well
0: Fuck. Why is that though? Like why why do they go to WV and stop talking to you though? Kind of doesn't make sense.
1: Well, I guess at ECW we saw each other all the time. Talk to each, and you know, we saw each other almost every day. So, you kind of had to talk to them. And then when I went to WCW, um they were not in WCW. And I think they were staying close at the potential of maybe me putting a good word in to get them a job. And then this person went to WWE, and then that was it. Never heard from them again. And like I said, until a couple you know, years back when they wanted something. Under the guise of just calling to say, hey.
0: Right. Typical. But,
1: you know, what are you going to do? Fuck it.
0: Damn, now I'm going to be thinking about who the hell could it be. Damn it. I'll, I'll tell you, you off the air. I was going to say, now my mind's going to be racing. all you, you uh, on.
1: You probably won't be surprised.
0: Okay. Hmm.
1: So, interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, as far as just going back to WWE for a second, because uh, that just fascinates me. I love when like good guys get recognized and they get to, not that he to be small, but you, know, you go to the quote unquote bigger company and you kind of yeah. get recognized. But did you think that it was almost too many guys there? Because they had so many guys on the roster. It was like, You know, like so many guys that were great could get lost in the shuffle. I know you work Billy Kidman, you have an impressive match, but you can get lost in the shuffle over there pretty quickly. There's a lot of guys on the roster.
1: There were a lot of guys. And they would bring all these people to T V. You'd have to call this is the weird thing. One that wasn't really weird. You you'd get your booking sheet in in the mail with with like your plane tickets or with your paycheck. And you get the booking sheets for the month. And you go through, you'd see the you know, Nitro here and Tuesday night tapings here and house show on Wednesday. Thursday was Thunder and all the house shows and everything else. And I would look through the house shows. My name was never on the list. I kept every show I had to line up. You know, so I'm like, okay, nope, 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 nope. And then you'd have to call on, I do it was Thursday or Friday, you'd have to call into this 800 number and you'd have to listen to the talent list for Nitro. So you go through, you have to go through the whole thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. They'd be like, uh, Medusa, you know, and then Mikey Whipwreck, and then uh, Macho Man, or whatever. So I'm like, well, okay. And I heard my name a couple times, and I would go. But you see in the locker room, there'd be fucking people everywhere. And 80% of them weren't, weren't doing anything. They were just fucking there. So, I mean, the, the, uh, I can't tell you how many times they booked me at the last minute. And they'd overnight my plane tickets. And they'd pay you know twenty five hundred dollars, three thousand dollars for my plane tickets, and then they wouldn't do anything. Crazy. I would just sit I would just sit there. Like, this is crazy. But you know when you have that type of money, I guess.
0: That's just crazy. And that's yeah. interesting the way they do that. You gotta call the number and you had to call money? and then like
1: on like Monday you had or Tuesday you had to call for Thursday. it was it was for Nitro and Thunder. You had to call in. And call the talent hotline.
0: Wow, is that normal? I don't know if I've ever heard of that
1: before. I don't. Know, that's how they did it. Which, I, which I guess was in a way, was kind of good. You have to call see if you're going there. If you were on the list, then you figure, well, I'm staying home. Which happened to me quite often. But I mean, it worked, It seemed to work out, all right.
0: Do you get paid anyway for being at home? Yep. Guaranteed contract.
1: Yep. Oh wow. Yep. We would get paid from the first to the fifteenth. And then that would check would come, like Tuesday, the following week, and then you get paid from the sixteenth through the thirtieth of the thirty-first. So my the first paycheck of the month was always the same. It was fifteen days, and then the uh, the second check of the month was was either thirty or thirty-one days or twenty-eight days in February, potentially twenty-nine, and it was nice. My bank account went up really quick. I knew exactly what I was getting paid every, you know, because they take your your yearly income and they divide it by 365. Right. And you get paid per day and they just figured it out, you know, 15 days is this, you know, 16, 17 days is this or whatever it was. So I could plan ahead and actually know what I was getting paid. Yeah, that's nice. Which was cool. I'm not going to complain about the pay.
0: Would you be upset, like, if you weren't booked, or are you happy, like, hey, I'm getting paid anyway. You, you know, you guys are paying me to sit home.
1: Uh, uh, in the beginning, I was, very, I was getting very antsy because I was ready to just do something. And then out of the blue, they booked me for that, that pay-per-view with Kidman, like, two days before they tell me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, and then I did nothing again until I think the pay-per-view with Scotty Riggs Yep, in uh, Seattle. And then I did a couple things here and there. I like a couple TV matches. I think I worked like Viano Five, Bobby Bands. Van Hammer. Dude. (laughs) Let's not (laughs) go there. hack. But but for the most part I wasn't really doing much. I wasn't I wasn't doing anything. And I was like getting antsy. And then in August of Ninety nine. I just it was the week after. What's the week after? Two weeks after. It was uh, that that fucking Nitro in Las Vegas where they had Kiss come out. Mm, yep. I had that match with uh, what was his name Chase Tatum. Yeah. That was just fucking dreadful. Like I I just I've never been so mortified of a match in my life. And yeah, as soon as that they quit. They were pushing Evan Courageous, and I got mad. They they put the cruiserweight belt on Evan Courageous, and I stupidly got mad and then quit.
0: Would you regret that?
1: Looking back, it's a very stupid reason to quit. But I wasn't going – but but again, that's when you have to look back now. Well, if I didn't do that in the first place, um, if I didn't go to WCW, I never would have met Bobby Heenan probably. And we'll be on like a first-name basis with Bobby Heenan, which was fucking sick. Um, cool moment with Randy Savage. So yeah, I got to have all those things, and my bank account went into a nice place. And when I came back, my my body felt a little bit better because I wasn't really doing much. Um, and then we got to do stuff with the devil and Tajiri. So it all worked out the way it did, and I'm not going to complain about it. At the time, I was complaining like you would not believe. But... Now, I'm sitting here in 2021. I'll be 48 years old on June 4th. Oh, oh
0: yeah, man.
1: Yeah. So, t- put that... Figure that out, everybody. The young Mikey is now 48 years old. That's crazy. Yes. Um, Say it ain't so. It is so. <laughs> That's a great video, by the way, that Paul did. Yes. Got us, that angle got us kicked off Sunshine Network in Florida. Good stuff. But, yeah, no, it was... You know, looking back it it was good experience and you know had some fun. Frustrating as well, creatively, but it all works out in the end. What
0: would you do with the macho man?
1: Uh, it was after the match with Scotty Riggs and I'm walking down the hallway and he's coming the other direction. You know, he's fucking got the macho walk and everything. And I'm like, "Okay." And as he's walking by, he stops and goes, "Mikey brother the brother." He goes, "You have the sun, the moon and the stars. <laughs> you are indeed intergalactic. <laughs> and then he gave me the fist pump and he kept walking. And I'm standing there in the hallway like, that was fucking amazing. I don't know what the fuck, but that was just fucking amazing. Because there was there was no bigger Randy Savage fan than me. You know, in the late 80s. He was my fucking guy. Hated Hulk Hogan. Hated Hulk Hogan. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, you know, it, good stuff with Randy. You know, Meeting Bobby Heenan, talking to Bobby Heenan, you know Kurt Helling, Macho Mean Gene. Funniest thing about Mean Gene was hearing him curse in the Mean Gene voice.
0: <laughs>
1: it was just, it's just just funny stuff.
0: What uh, What did Savage mean by the way? Did you ever find out what the hell he's talking about?
1: And my My T shirt.
0: Oh. Like okay.
1: Gargoyles and whatever the fuck. Yeah, was on.
0: Yeah, but yeah, yeah,
1: but yeah, he thought it was a cool shirt, and he. But just you'd see him walking down the hallway. He's by himself, you know, with the with the with the macho walk. You know what, you know what it is. Yep. And then does the whole like this. And then the fist pump. I'm like, wow, that was fucking amazing. One, the fact that he knew my name
0: was yeah, awesome.
1: was the first thing that fucking blew my mind. And the fact it was just Randy Savage doing a Randy Savage thing to just me. <laughs> Purposely to me. Not not like, you know, you're at a rock concert and they leeching your they, they, points at you. Right, You know what I mean? This was like, literally, he was literally talking to me. So it was it was very uh, fan-like. Yep. Um, Mark-like, if you will. But I'll fucking take it all day.
0: That was like a good friend of mine. He was at SummerSlam 97 sitting near the first row. And he goes, oh, man. He goes, and we were sitting differently. We were sitting up top because we couldn't get as good seats. But still great experience. He goes, oh, man. He goes, did you guys see Bret Hart gave me the middle finger? And we're like, what were you doing? He goes, nothing. But everybody around me was giving him the finger. And I was like. But he probably was directed it to the whole crowd. Not yeah, yeah, me. yeah. It was one of those things. Like, no, no, it was to me. That's funny. With um, the Macho Man, I wanted to ask you this. Did you see that documentary that they just did on him? I did. What'd you think?
1: Um, I think they harp too much on the Elizabeth shit. I mean, I know you got to cover it, obviously, because it's, that, that you know, that's, You think of Randy Savage and Elizabeth, I mean, that's just, you know, that goes back to my childhood as well. Yep. But I I think it was a lot of, I think they kind of buried him a little bit with the way people thought he treated Elizabeth. And You know, I don't know if there's actually any proof that he did this. Now I'm sure he did because everybody fucking says it. But I think they harped on a little bit too much of the, uh you know, some of that negative shit.
0: Yeah. I feel like though, she was so good looking. I wouldn't trust any. And he's paranoid as it is. I wouldn't trust anything. Oh of yeah. Actors, I mean, you know? Look, I'm
1: not, I'm not <laughs> saying he was completely wrong. Yeah. Maybe a bit paranoid overboard. Yeah. A little too paranoid, but I don't know. It was like a, I don't know. I mean, you have to, you have to talk about it, obviously, but that's, I don't know.
0: But the gorgeous George stuff, that that's where to me, it took a downward turn. Like, didn't need her on there. Didn't need her son. Right. Didn't need her right. sister. But didn't they like, need they like a love sponge.
1: They luck fucking buried him. Yep. So which I just don't think was necessary. Made no sense. Yeah, you know, and he, you know he's not here to defend himself. So is it true? Not true. Slightly exaggerated. Downplayed. I don't fucking know.
0: It's crazy. But, it's like, I mean, oh, he did ecstasy and all this other stuff. I don't know. It was like, do we need that? <laughs> all those guys are doing something. Do we really need that crap?
1: Well, the way Randy Savage cut his promos, the way he acted, would you be surprised? No. You know, it's, it's like him and Warrior drinking one of those big, giant fucking uh, party uh coffee things <laughs> before, before SummerSlam 92. Yeah. You know, are you surprised that they're all fucking geeked up on caffeine and who knows what else
0: yeah but i, know I, I just, don't know i just i, I like that
1: some of the they're doing a documentary on the macho man randy savage not randy pafo you know what i mean yep like i don't know about the macho man like i don't know about this shit and the wrestling shit i don't i don't need to know about you know What he may not have done. Same with the Warrior. Like, uh, you know, uh, well, he refused an autograph and then he had to cut a promo and he's getting mad at Vince for doing it. Okay. uh, I mean, great. I mean, that's kind of shitty, but I think everybody's done it. He signed an autograph for me when I met him.
0: Right. Me too. (laughs) Same thing. Yeah. Twice. So, I
1: mean, so you, you meet somebody at a bad time. You know, should he have done it? No. I mean, especially to a kid. If it was an adult, but whatever, they'll deal with it. But you know. And did he really do it? Right. He was saying he didn't do it. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe he did.
0: We don't well, know. He's yeah. dead, you know. Yeah. That's
1: right. Again, another thing, you know, the guy's dead, what are you gonna do?
0: And they harped on the conservative stuff, which I thought was a little weird. They could have spent more time on the Rick Rude feud or something like that, but they went into the conservative stuff.
1: That's what I mean. Like okay, are we talking about the real-life person here? We're talking about the character. Yeah. Which the is where which is where it gets crazy. The business. You know, because yeah. you see these people as these characters in real life. You go see them. Oh, it's, it's been talked about a million times, like, like movie stars. You know, you don't go walking around, you meet Sylvester Stallone, you call him Rambo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. You know, you don't go to a Broadway play and watch the, the the person playing Mary Poppins. You don't call them Mary Poppins. But you get a wrestler on TV and you meet them. You're going to call them the wrestling name.
0: Yep. It's
1: very bizarre.
0: It is. I remember it's one like, time I was at a signing and uh, somebody right in front of me, they were meeting Raven. This is like years ago. And he goes, hey, Scotty. And he like stopped writing for saying, do I know you? And the guy's like, why? He goes, are we on a first name basis? He's like, oh, sorry, Raven. And then he then he signed again. Like he got annoyed that the guy called yeah, him Scotty. But,
1: but but like that's how it was.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's very weird. Like if people call me John at wrestling, I get very like I get annoyed by it. But it makes perfect logical sense that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, I don't. It's a very bizarre thing, and that that's one of the things that wrestling has not caught up with yet.
0: Yeah. That's like uh, if I go to meet Hulk, I'm not gonna be like, "Hello, Terry. Yeah, how are how are you, Terry? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Terry Balea. How are you?"
1: It's 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 bizarre.
0: You gotta respect the boys. You're Mikey. Come on, you gotta respect the boys.
1: Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like if anybody called me John, I'm like, like my mother calls me Mikey now at this point. Unless I'm in trouble, then then (laughs) I get the full John Michael out of it. But
0: yeah. So if we could just rewind back. To the beginning, and of you like getting into ECW, how like how does that happen? That crazy group of, of bandits out there. How'd you actually get in?
1: I was on ring crew, and after the ring was together, uh, my friends and I would just we test the ring, you know, check the bores, the ropes, and everything, and we would just mess around, and do high spots and stuff. I think I might have done a backflip off the top rope, landed on my feet, and I think Joey Styles saw me. Joey got Paul. Paul looked at me. And they said, do you want to wrestle? And I'm like, "Uh, sure. That was it. Untrained. Pretty much untrained. Sonny Blaze had a wrestling school. Um, He didn't really know very much. Uh, He taught us to work the left and say hello to everybody in the locker room. (laughs) And after about two weeks, we were kind of training him a little bit. Um, But he wouldn't charge me to train. Because he said, I'd never make a dime in the business at my size. Wow. So I said, okay. So I would clean the gym. That, that's how I paid for it. And I'm the one that got over it and made money <laughs> in the business, which was kind of ironic. Yeah. Good he for ate me. Those words.
0: Yeah. How'd you get on the ring crew, though? Like, who owns the ring? Who's bringing it Sonny in? Sunny
1: Blaze. Sunny oh, Blaze owned it. Sonny. And, yeah, and Todd Gordon rented it. Um, and we did one or two shows um, before I started. It was like a second or third show that uh, I started working.
0: What would you think like, wow, this place is different. this is than like you know macho and Elizabeth and the you know the pageantry of the WWF. this is this place is crazy. What would you think of ECW?
1: Oh, I loved it because it had all the it had a lot of top guys there you know when I first started. I remember looking at Shane Douglas and thinking he was. I saw him from like the back side, and the guy was huge. I thought it was Lex Luger, was there? And I turn around Shane Douglas and I'm going, wait a minute, he's supposed to be a little guy. Was that I'm saying to myself, oh fuck, I'm really little. Like I am like yeah. tiny. Like, <laughs> you know, five five nine, five eight and a half, five nine. You know, next to Shane who's almost six foot, five eleven. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my god. But it was it, and i had never really been to an indie show before that. Like I had no idea like what to expect. Like I've never I never went to one. It was always WWE at the Nassau Coliseum or the Garden. Um, but yeah, but you had Terry Funk in the locker room, Jimmy Snuka, Hawk, Kevin Sullivan, woman. Um, who else was there? Mister Hughes, Sab. Well, I didn't really know Sabu at that point. I, just, I said, who's this fucking scarred up guy? <laughs> you know, I knew, t- I knew, t- well, I didn't, I, I wasn't at an indie show. I went with Sonny Blaze up to some shitty place on the border of Canada in New York. So I, I had met Taz before in Dreamer, you know, and of course there's Paul Lee. You know, Sherry Martel was there at that point. Pretty good crew. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like, I'm just like geeking out. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, my God. You know, and then we had guys like Sandman and Tommy Cairo, who Tommy Cairo I knew from because he would come up and train at Sunny Blazes ring. So he, he was pretty good to us, and he actually let us uh, – we trained with him. He actually let us do stuff with him. He kind of run spots with us. Most of the guys over there would just beat us up. um, Not badly beat us up, but, you know, they would just yeah. take beat you know, on us just constantly. Uh, but Tommy Cairo and uh, Chris – Chris Michaels. Um we actually worked with us. but let us just do some stuff. Which was cool. So I knew Tommy. The Iron Man. Huh? Iron Man Tommy The Iron yes. Man, Tommy Cairo. Yes. Tommy Cairo. Who else was there? I'm trying to think now. How many more people we could talk about that who was there? Stetson, hotbody,
0: you know, old yeah,
1: but I didn't know them. I mean I'm talking many like you... people. He wasn't there when I first started. Yeah, I think that might have been all the top people. What kind of – there? there's probably a few we're missing. Salvatore Baloma was there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't And I was that.
1: like, what the – I'd never seen him as this gladiator thing. You know, I remember him with, with the mule kick. That was like the job guy in WWE. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and then I see him with this big beard and this uh, gladiator-type t- outfit. And I'm like, what the – throwing stuffed animals to the children. I like, I don't know what happened to this guy. But he seems to have lost his shit.
0: He's no longer the WWF sports entertainer.
1: No, he was. Um, he was crazy, but that gimmick probably would have got over. Could have, WBF. yeah. But I guess he came up with it a little bit too late.
0: They didn't want to use that, I guess.
1: I guess that was almost. I guess that would be almost copy Hercules.
0: Kind of, is, yeah. But her,
1: her came in. He was doing the whole. He had like the leather outfit and everything else on. Mm-hmm. Yep the chess gear and everything but yeah but yeah that's how I got in ECW and it was just I was just in awe all the time you know watching Terry Funk you know putting a match together you know with with Shane Douglas and things I'm like wow this is just fucking crazy like I do not belong here right now you know watching Hawk put his makeup on you know or, or screwing the spikes into the pads you know just like shit like that was just crazy For me, pretty cool though. Yeah, amazingly cool.
0: When he first puts you on TV, what does he say he wants to do with you? Does he explain like
1: the character
0: and the push, or he just throws you out there? Nope,
1: nope, nothing. I didn't even know it was me. (laughs) He said, Mikey Whipwreck, go to the ring, and I'm looking around. I know I did. That was me. Mikey Whipwreck, go to the ring, and I'm looking around. (laughs) Finally, he comes over and goes, Are you going to go to the ring? I said, Why? He goes, You're Mikey Whipwreck. I went, Oh. Great. So now it wasn't my first match. It was against Mr. Hughes. Uh, so I'm already fucking shitting my pants. And now I'm walking to the ring thinking I'm in trouble already. So I, I thought this was going to last about five minutes <laughs> my career.
0: Where does that name come from? Is it Dennis Wiprecht, the the promoter from Maryland? Yeah, like,
1: I guess he was he was doing using the job guys and taking just different promoters uh, with their last name, kind of playing with it a little bit
0: because wasn't what good heart but he turned the guy into heart good or something heart good
1: and then I don't know who, There might have been somebody else but I didn't follow indie wrestling so I had no idea who Dennis Whitbreak was like where the fuck did this name come from I'm like this is terrible so I remember telling <laughs> telling my friend uh Storm and Norman you know he's like he was all happy and cool shit that I get you know got to to do something and I'm like dude what about this fucking last name they gave me? It's like, yeah, it's fucking terrible. Like, this is awful. Like, fuck. <laughs> but it's here weird. I am. Like, he just makes it up later. like that. Yeah. Horrible name. Horrible name. But it's stuck. It stuck. Like, when people find out I was a wrestler, they go, oh, what's your name? I'm going, uh. <laughs> Shipwreck? No. Whipwreck. Oh, Okay you know i couldn't have a cool name you know like randy savage no um, like I i just feel stupid just even saying it my name yeah. is john <laughs> just call me john that's fine
0: <laughs> did he ever explain to you like where it came from or he just was like nope that's your name it i like it and go go out there and go that right. was
1: it I, I don't he didn't exp- i don't he didn't expect me to be more than a job guy you know, what I mean, he didn't know that I would start to get over. Like he didn't. He didn't. I don't think he planned it in his head. he just kind of went of those things just happened. Um, but yeah, but the whole Buffalo thing because of the Buffalo Bills. They were they were into the Super Bowl about thirty six times and never won. Yep. So they were losers, and the song. So yeah, I mean, he pretty clever. I mean, I wouldn't have thought of. Hey, let's make it for Buffalo because they lose all the time. But Polly was right. a big uh, Giants fan. So a fan, yeah. Yeah. So, well, so is Buffalo. Kind of. Yeah. Canada South.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it's more like closer to Canada please. Yeah, you know, screw them.
1: Yeah, it all, but it all worked out. Okay, you know, I can't complain.
0: When you initially start getting a push. Were you like surprised at your popularity? Like, wow, I can't believe I'm really getting over yes. here. Yes,
1: even to this day, I am because I would hate myself if I was watching TV and I came out. I would, I'd hate that fucking guy, especially in Philadelphia. You know, but yeah. I, I think they just—they just realized that I was literally taking a fucking beating, and you know, doing everything but killing myself to to make these guys look good. So I think I think they appreciate it, except that fucking one guy in the front row. The sign guy, he hated me with a passion. Yes. Hated me. He wouldn't even talk to me outside when the shows were over. You know, like fans would linger, and of course I was a baby babyface, so I was allowed to talk to people. And he wouldn't talk to me. So I have to stay in Gimmick. Wow. Oh. Okay. Weird. It was very weird. I'm like, okay, guy. Whatever.
0: That is a tough crowd. If you think about it, it's like, okay, how is this character going to get over with this crowd? I mean, they hate everybody. They're so tough on everybody. but Just, just you take the really same
1: meetings, and they appreciate
0: it. Yeah, I mean, you really got over
1: it. Yeah. Strong. Because oh, they were smart, too. I mean, you know, as, as far as fans could go back in 94. I mean, so they, they kind of knew what was going on. But even though they they thought ECW was kind of more real. But they knew I was out there just getting killed. Like, I mean, you know, I'd fly over the top rope and not put my hands out. And just smack on the floor, which today sounds really dumb in retrospect. Yeah. But you're 20 years old, 21 years old. Nothing hurts. You're invincible. Yeah. Until you're not.
0: What did you think about, like, the popularity, but then getting the push, getting more TV time? Like you say, like, not, not really trained, but almost teaching yourself on the job, like how to work and stuff. I mean, what did you kind of think about that as you're going along, getting more comf- like confident and more comfortable?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because every time, um, he was like adding to it. You know, like, okay, I, had to do, I actually had to do a move at one point. I bit Jason off the apron. And then I actually had to match with Jason, where I actually had to have offense and kind of do things. And – then it went from that pretty much like a month or so later, two months later to team with Cactus, the public enemy. So it was a constant up There it was no like, okay, cool. I'm good now. You know, that came 90, 96. I like, I felt nervous and shitty every, before every, like, literally like, oh my God, every match. Um, and the worst one was the match with Cactus. I was fucking, like, again, no bigger fan of Cactus Jack than me. You know, then I got to fucking team with the guy and learn from him. And now we have to have a match where I actually have to remember things and do things, like, to him, with him. Like, I was, like, marking out. Like, I it was just like, oh, God. You know, and then after that, I kind of, like, it kind of like this for a while. So at that point, I felt it was just, putting matches together. I was team with Spike a lot. Um, I think with PG-13, maybe. They, I think they came in around that time. Yeah, and they got in the stuff with PJ in, in 97, but I mean, th- that 96 and 97 I was kind of just doing my own thing, just kind of hanging out uh, and just kind of learning and, and doing that and getting to work and just kind of put things together. And Every now and then you'd be doing something you'd be like, Oh, that's how that works. And you kind of, you feel yourself getting these levels like, oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. You know, like when you're playing guitar, you get you get to a certain point, like yeah, I'm stuck. And then you're like stuck in the same spot for, you know, weeks or months. And then you fucking get it. And then it clicks. And you're like, oh, shit. And you progress a little bit. And then you hit another wall where you get frustrated. But well, just learn, I just got to learn from everybody. Like, I, I don't know how many people, I mean, I got really fucking lucky. I had no anything, right? I kind of, I thought mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing. I knew how to get beat up. Like, I, that part I had in selling. I had that, that, that was just natural to me. Um, But I got to sit and learn from Terry Funk and Hawk and Kevin Sullivan and Sherry Martell and Shane Douglas and Jimmy Snuka a little bit. You know, and then Eddie Guerrero comes in, and Malenko comes in, Benoit comes in, Scorpio comes in, and I I just get to learn, like even Sabu, get to learn from all these people um, as like a clean slate. You know, I didn't have five years, six years, seven years of, of bad habits or thinking I know what I'm doing. I had no fucking clue. So I would just sit in the locker room and just listen and watch, you know, and ask questions. And be respectful and polite. And and just appreciate it because I mean Paulie told me all the time, he goes, You 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 have such an opportunity now to to learn from these people. You know, he goes, So just take advantage of it. And I did. I am just constantly just like a sponge. You know, I was watching wrestling all the time, old stuff, new stuff. So it it, it was amazing time looking back at it. I've What'd been doing you, a lot of re- reflecting lately. because But yeah, man, it's just... God, I was fucking lucky.
0: What did you think about winning the world title?
1: Again, like, come on. We're in Philadelphia. Like, there's no fucking way in hell. This is this is happening. And then it happened. And I remember when Cactus, when Cactus came out, after I won it. You know, and you, you do take... I mean, I do. I don't know if... I know Bret Hart does. (laughs) But you have a little sense of pride of like, I've accomplished something. I haven't really accomplished anything. They're giving me this belt, but I've worked hard. I feel like I've earned it. And it's something that, whether it just be an angle or anything, that this company or the bosses specifically believed in me enough to give me the storyline and to do this as like a big deal for a company because the world title in any company. Well, maybe not today, but um, what's a big deal, you know what I mean? Yeah, so no, I didn't walk around like, oh my god, I'm the fucking champion, and that, not like that, just appreciative and just fucking thrilled that this company took the time to do the storyline and have a nice big payoff for me. And you know, th- that they trusted me enough and they liked it me enough to to do that, you know, had nothing to do with being the best or anything like that. That's all, bullshit. but I remember having cactus come out and i was like you know i was fucking like thrilled like i was happy as shit you know what i mean and then cactus comes out starts hugging me but we were doing the, 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 the i didn't like him at that point angle so it was very it was very like i really wanted to hug him you know because he's he's holding me and shaking me up and down and goes mikey i'm proud of you you know congratulations you've done a really good job so he's like saying this it's just loud enough for me to hear it right and yep. I wanted to grin, like smile from like ear to ear, like hug him back and everything else. But the storyline was no, you don't like him. <laughs> you don't like Cactus, right? Like, uh, okay. So that that was disappointing that I couldn't actually show true emotion at that point. Uh, but it was cool, and then having a the locker room come out and they put me up on their shoulders. It was it was it was cool shit. Like, Quite a I'm, moment. All fake, but there there is a sense of, of realism in there. If you if you look at it from a character and a uh, job performance, it's like getting a nice raise or promotion at work, uh, only to month later and say that you suck and you're we're taking back your promotion and we're demoting you again. <laughs> but it was it was fun, you know.
0: I I can't uh, I cannot complain. It's an awesome moment, though. Yeah, it was great. When you kind of look back and think about it, it's like okay, I'm winning the world title, but it's, like, kind of fluky. I'm not really getting a lot of offense. You think, like, it's not comedic, but it's almost like – it, like, you could be better than that as champion almost. Like, the character and the gimmick held you back at all, or, or you were okay with, with, like, where you were in the gimmick?
1: I thought it was holding me back. But Paul said, no, it's actually getting you over more. Because you're just – now. because now they're finding creative ways for me to lo- to lose – Uh, Or to win. Or lose, but not lose the belt. Right. You know, so it was... Again, at the time, I was like, I want to, like, do stuff. Like, I can do a little bit more than this. And he's like, no. This this is... (laughs) Stay the course. It'll come eventually. And it was probably like... I don't know. Seven months? Eight months? Seven months into it? Before I actually did anything, and that was just a uh, hit and Jason with a forearm on the apron, and the place popped like crazy because that was like the first offensive move I ever did, aside from a tie-up. Right. So yeah, I, you know, again, it's, it's just learning the business. You know, he said you you yeah. have the hard. He told me I had the hard part down, the selling and getting the people behind you emotionally invested. Because you, that's the hard part, and you have that down already. Because if you get over in Philadelphia, I mean, you know, you, you'll be fine anywhere you go.
0: Did you, like, start believing in him more, like, a, just as a creative force? Because, you know, he started to hit on some things, some, some topics. He's definitely right.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was hitting everything. You know, the whole angle with Shane Douglas and and Terry Funk. And the whole blinding angle with the Sandman and Dreamer. And just, like, all this shit's like he's on. he was on, like, fire. You know, everything was fucking good. You know, plus it's Paul Lee. I'm thinking, okay, this guy was on TV. He's booking everything. And w- what I've seen him do so far is good. So I, I trusted him with everything.
0: Think about this. You did it beat Steve Austin as
1: well. Yeah. All his idea. Because I was supposed to lose to him, I think. Really? Yep. And he said no. That he should put me over. And then, yeah, he just. It was weird too because I went working with Sandman who calls everything from A to Z, like down to like you'll hear him counting in the ring sometimes. You hit me two, three, four, whack. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like to, to that to that cadence. I mean, he, I'd hear him in the ring one time. We were doing a double down, and he's counting two, three, get ready to move <laughs> four. Yeah, it was just wacky. And then going to work with Steve. Who called the finish. And that was it. Well, he said, okay, okay. We'll start the beginning. I'll take the gathering. I'll jump you. Uh, and then Sunset Flick hooked hook the tights. That'll be the finish. I said, okay. So I figured I'm just going to get beat up all the time. You know. And then he, we're on the floor. And I'll, I will never forget this. At least I hope I'll never forget this. He, he shoots me to the rail. And he gives me the Iggy to reverse it. And he says, "Take over." <laughs> so now, in this, in the split second that it took—two seconds or whatever it was—I'm like, I had to comprehend the reverse because I didn't, figure, I didn't, if I didn't feel that coming at all. Then I'm listening to him tell me to take over. He takes the rail, and as I'm walking to him, I have no idea what to do. Take over? What the fuck am I gonna do? Then I'm thinking, this is fucking Steve Austin. Like had these great matches with fucking Dustin Rhodes and and t- team with Brian with with Shane and Ricky Steamboat, and I'm going, "Well, take over what?" So I started punching him, and then I roll him into the ring. He goes into the corner, and I had no like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" Like now I can think, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll do some buckle spot or something, but I couldn't think of anything. I not the, so he's he's in the corner, and I, he must have knew I was just completely like, uh he starts pointing to his arm. You know what I mean? Tell him, don't hit my arm. So I started just kicking the shit out of his arm. Uh, And he goes, shoot me off, reverse stun gun. I said, okay. And then shoot reverse, and he gave me the stun gun. And then we went home from there. But I had no, like, I was shitting a pickle sideways. I had no idea what the fuck to do. Take over. Like, it sounds so stupid now. Right. Back in 1995... Steve Austin told me to reverse and take over, totally just. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a great story.
0: Yeah, that's unbelievable.
1: At the time, I felt like a complete idiot.
0: Do you think um, that he wanted you to go over because he wasn't going to stay around for long, and he knew you were there for the long haul, so he wanted you to win?
1: I don't. I don't know because he he hadn't he hadn't signed with Vince at that point, not yet. You know, so I just think he thought, you know, to put the kid over. Like, nobody will it. It's it. It's a good thing. But th- that just tells you how cool he is yeah. as a person. Like, he, was, he thought it was best for business, and that, that's what he decided to do. You know, but but he sat me down afterwards, and he said to me, Mikey, he goes, when, when we're out there, right? And he goes, I'm not going to use myself as an example. He said, but say I'm Hulk Hogan. And you're you. He goes, when we're out there, we're like this. You know, you need me as much as I need you. We have to work together. You know, so you can't be out there being like geeking out that
0: you, know, that, <laughs> yeah, right.
1: that you know this oh my god, this is fucking Steve Austin. Like this is crazy. You know, he said you can't you can't do that. He goes, you know, it's it's good to think that before the match and after the match and all that stuff. Uh he goes, and it can go through your head. He goes, but when you're out there, you, you have a job to do. And when I said take over, he goes, You should have beat the fucking shit out of me as best as you could. I said, no, you're right. He goes, so that that's what I learned And when I when I tell people. I said, when you're in the ring with somebody that you can learn from and, and is at this fucking level, um, you know, give it to them. You know, if it's just a squash, okay, it's just a squash. That's fine. But if you're given a chance to do shit with them, you know, you're working together. You know, it's, it's not like I'm above you and you're going to do, you know, you, you can't. You're working together. You know, it's not me dominating you uh, for real. You know, we're, we're working together and you're letting me dominate you. Right. So the, uh, that that's when I learned that. Okay. You know, it doesn't matter who somebody is once you're in the ring, you got to do business. So yeah. yeah, good lesson to learn.
0: Pretty cool time. Like to have him in ECW. I know short stint really before he goes to WWF, but pretty cool yeah. to have him in there. And obviously Sandman mixed in. I mean, good little feud there.
1: Yeah, it was fun. Uh, you know, again, the whole thing with hack and he was like, what the fuck with the act with the stick? You know he wasn't a, he wasn't a big fan at first. Uh, you know, but yep. he, you know he he did it right for himself. I think.
0: Yeah, did. I think so. Yeah. yeah,
1: he did a thing or two.
0: Whatever happened to that guy? I think he took the whippersnapper and turned it into a stunner. Oh, Jesus, right?
1: this is so funny. Look, I have never said that. People tell me they go, "Oh, oh okay," and you know, I'll make a comment, you know. But I got it from. Jimmy Garvin, who did it to Johnny B. Bad, yep. at a pay-per-view, called the 911. And Steve got it from Michael Hayes. Yeah. Who I don't know if he got it from from Jimmy or he got it from I don't know if you saw Johnny Ace doing it or whatever, but the the stun the whippersnapper was was born thanks to the Fabulous Freebirds.
0: Yeah. Very true.
1: Yeah. I, remember, I remember texting him one time because I was walking – before I got married to my wife, uh, we were walking down the mall, and this was probably 2009, 2010. But we're walking down the mall, and this guy comes up, and he wants to kick my ass, this guy, in the middle of the fucking mall. I'm like, what? He goes, dude, Steve Austin stole your finisher. You didn't do shit about it. And I thought he was kind of kidding. You know what I mean?
0: But don't no, give yeah, serious. Like
1: he was seriously angry and wanted to beat me up because I'm a I'm a, a pussy cunt. He said, and let Steve Austin steal my move, and I didn't kick Steve's ass. So I'm gonna get in the fucking into a fight now with this guy because he thinks that Steve Austin stole my move, and I didn't do anything about it. I know, this is fucking. So then the fucking Paul Bart comes over and his fucking little segway thing, and he, you know, calms things out. But I remember I text Steve right. Now. I said dude, I got into a fight with this guy because, you know, what happened? And he goes, people are fucked up. (laughs) Which is crazy. Because it's just, it's honestly, it's like, this is, okay. This is going to happen here.
0: Weird, like, for him to do that. You figure maybe he thought you stole Austin's move or something. That's weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and really wanted to beat me up. I guess because he figured he couldn't beat up Steve Austin because of Steve Austin, but he could probably beat me up. Right. So in a way, if I if he beats up the guy who gave Steve Austin his move, then I guess that's some sort of victory for him. I guess
0: the whipper snapper you just remember, uh, Joey Styles gets so uh, excited about it.
1: Yeah, I didn't get so excited about it. But I stopped doing. I used to do it off the fucking middle row.
0: Yeah, that's got to hurt yeah. your back fuck, and your spine, right?
1: Fuck that! You know, people ask me, "Goes, can I do it? Go, go for it." <laughs> knock yourself out. you know. So I just started trying to come up with stuff to do it differently off the mat, just different reversals and stuff to get into it. Because I figured that'd be a little bit more... Uh, I'll get a little more mileage on the tank. Yeah, you're, if your... I, I, uh, tailbone, yeah. Oh my God. And the ECW ring wasn't too bad, because that was a nice bump in ring. But you do like an indie or something like that, or even sometimes, you know, the ring would... after you know, matches, the boards kind of shift a little bit. Sometimes you get some board overlapping another. Oh, the worst.
0: Man, yeah, crazy move, though. Like, if you think about it, from the second row, because that's you taking that impact. Yeah,
1: like, I figured it'd be fine, because I've done leg drops. You know, I figured it'd be like the same thing. But no, it's just, I don't know, I guess because the way you're falling, I guess you're kind of, when you're doing the the leg drop, you're kind of leaning a little bit. And your kind of leg is up, and you're kind of posting with your arm. Mm-hmm. But with the study, you're kind of just taking it all ass. Yeah, just constant. Just now, wonder do I have neck problems?
0: Yeah, there you go. It's same. Then, among yeah. other things, same with Steve. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All those neck issues. Well, he
1: well he he had it from Owen, not power driver. That well, kind of course, of yeah. Started him, but yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But as we hit the wind down, head towards the finish, got a, ask yes, you just generic curious question. It's like one of those things where I guess you just pull up YouTube, maybe a bunch of fans are like, oh, Mikey Whipwreck matches. What's some of your favorites that they can just type into YouTube like, oh, shit, this guy was good. This guy's better than I thought he was. This guy's great. Um,
1: the Kidman match, obviously. Hmm, yeah. yep. um, some of the matches with PJ, just incredible. They were they were fun. A couple matches with Jerry. Uh, the match with Cactus. Obviously, uh, probably my favorite is probably the match we did with the FBI, me and Tajiri, um, the night we dropped the bells to them. That was that was a real fun, fun match to do. I remember enjoying that one. Oh, some of those, maybe not the match with Van Hammer. That might be one that you <laughs> want to avoid. Um, that will that one will show you how shitty I am. As opposed to watch the kid, watch the Van Hammer match and then watch the Kidman match. Don't do it the other way around. Yes. Because you'd be like, what the fuck happened? Like, what? Yeah, what happened to this guy? It's that
0: saying, Well, wow, he got so much better. Yeah, even though the time yeah. frame was off. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. I was just going forward in reverse.
0: So Van Hammer wouldn't be your favorite opponent.
1: No, or Chase Tatum. Right. Yeah, no. Favorite opponent, probably the. Uh, Guido.
0: Really? Mama okay. Luke,
1: yeah. I always had fun. It was, it was just easy. You know, PJ was always easy, too. Um, Jerry, for the most part, was fun. He said, he chain wrestling to blow me up. Yeah. But probably Guido Mamaluka my favorite.
0: As far as Paul E., no tension with him anymore. Like, if you saw him today, you'd be no know, nothing. You're good with yeah.
1: him? Yeah. I was always pretty much good with them. Like, I mean, I was angry at, at the way things went down at the end and, and things like that. But what are you
0: going to do? Did you know anything? Because, you know, you always hear from the guys like CW Anderson when Paul Lee on Twitter went nuts that one time because CW Anderson said, all oh, this guy's out there, you know, filming rollerball while we're, we're right. you know, trying to save the company. <laughs> like, were you thinking, it's like, man, what, what is going on at this point? Like, what the hell's happening?
1: Yeah, we. we- but again, that's how Paulie was because he never wanted to be negative. He never wanted to give anybody negative news. So every time we talked to him, it was always positive. You know. But as it went longer and longer, you're going, I don't know. This, you know, this isn't looking good. You yeah. know. And then he showed up on Raw, <laughs> and I go, yep, that's it. We're good now. Yeah. Guess I can fill my calendar with whatever I want to do.
0: He, you know, wasn't there at the end, the last shows, right in uh, Arkansas, but I wasn't there either. Oh, you weren't at there last week. No, okay. my,
1: my last show was that pay-per-view.
0: Oh, not too far before Well, before it ended. Okay.
1: Yeah, January. Was it January? Mm-hmm. December? Uh, whatever, well, the pay-per-view was the last show I did.
0: You knew? Like that was the end and you were, you were done?
1: Yeah, once you came up on Raw. And are like, okay, that's the end of this.
0: Yep. Now, as far as you and your retirement, quote-unquote, you're, you're going to be done for a while. You said except WrestleCon or...
1: WrestleCon. That's it. So like I said, I... Again, at the timing of recording, I have two things coming up on Sunday. Uh, well, I have a, a, an online seminar I'm doing on the Saturday. And then Sunday we're doing... It's like Cleveland and uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. And then that's it. Uh, like I've taken everything off the calendar. Like I have nothing to do. Um... I might be doing a private seminar in Florida, in Tampa, um, that I said I would do before I decided not to do anything. Um, so I figured I will. If they ask me to do it, I'll do it. Um, but other than that, I'm just done with all this. Like I can't handle my kids crying when I pack a bag. You know, and the pandemic is is kind of what it's kind of what started because I, I kind of it used to be like when I was home right? I couldn't wait to go somewhere. And then when I was out somewhere, I'd be good for a couple of days and I couldn't wait to go home. Um, but I did a seminar with Jerry in January down in Fort Myers. And like, I didn't want to leave. Like, I didn't even want to leave. Like, I didn't... When I was down there, I couldn't wait to get home. But I had fun. Don't get me wrong. hanging with Jerry and Scyther and, and King Mega and them. Uh, and all the the people that came to the seminar—that was fun. But I just like—I just want to go home, like, you know. And then, of course, you know, all the mental issues I have and migraines and everything else—I just, I just like being home with the kids. Like, I just—I got to see all their soccer games and like all the, you know, the school stuff. And I'm like, this is nice. I get to do all this. You know, and then you think, well, they only live one. You know, they're only young ones. You know, not just yourself, but your kids too. You know, so, so they're only gonna at this point they still want to spend time with me. You know, so it's gonna get to the point where eventually, I'll be the heel. Yeah, and then they're not. Gonna, they're get there's that couple year period, the teenage years, where they want nothing to do with the parents. Um, you know, but they're they're still at the point where I have probably maybe another year yet with my daughter. <laughs> um. And my youngest is four, so I got time there yet.
0: Oh my god, yeah, you got plenty of time.
1: So it's you know it's it's I'm appreciating it now, and I don't want to miss anything, if at all possible.
0: So I don't know if you have any plugs or anything you want to throw out there because you really don't want anybody bothering you, right?
1: Nope. Like uh, all my, uh, I'm taking all my stores down online. I just don't want to do anything. Like I'll be on Twitch, uh, you know, because I like to play video games. Um, so I'll do stuff like that and. You know, I'll be maybe corresponding on Twitter with people, but I just appearances and selling shit, and I just ah, I'm just done with it. Like, I have too much going on. I just just can't. When you, when you when you go to Lowe's and you, like you said, you have that. I went for like three things, and just twenty minutes to a half hour, just no idea what the fuck happened. You know, I realize I'm in the fucking lighting aisle, looking at all the fucking lights up. what the fuck am I doing? Like, how did I get in this aisle? First of all, and right. like, so yeah, it's crazy. Like, I can't see at nighttime. Night blindness, bl- night blindness is awful. You know, most wrestling shows are at night, so right. if it, if it's something local, I have to drive. I'd have to get a hotel, which is then another night away, away from, from home. Kids. So that's not good. Then. Like I said, I'm. I get very the mood swings are crazy, like which is part of the reason I'm not doing the podcast right now because, like I told you before, I, I always have to be on and funny and entertaining. Which if I'm in a good mood, like tonight, I don't know if you noticed but when I started the interview, I was kind of like, eh, like but <laughs> but it, but it's kicked in a little bit now where I actually feel okay yeah. talking.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, like I I it it's like pressure. Like I have to be on, I have to be funny, and I have to be. Every Tuesday at nine o'clock, I have to feel this way, and if I don't, I have to fake it. And if if I have if I have a headache at the same time, then it's just it's a real struggle. I just like I I don't fucking need this pressure to do this. Like I just I just don't. So between that, the concussions, the um, I get very lost when I talk. Like this interview is not too bad, but I did one with uh, Boogaloo and Lowrider. On, on Sunday And I I get to how many times I just went to like what the fuck am I talking like I don't even know what I'm talking about where they'd ask me a question and I'd be like what What did you ask me like I just I don't know and I'll start to stutter and stammer like I, it's which I kind of always did I always talked fast Um, which I always said I don't talk too fast you think too slow that was always my thing but, but it's, now it's at the point where I'm like ah. like I get tongue tied so easy you know so it's yep. just it it's frustrating and it's just it's crazy like like I said about the, I can't hear anybody like it's like, what what we watch a show with my wife and I'm at the point now we're all turning closed captioning on so I don't right. have to ask you what do you say cuz so it, it's crazy but you no, know, it sucks and it's frustrating and you know me having moments of like I said 20 30 minutes of just Dead space. You know, I don't think me um, going out traveling by myself all the time. Maybe a good idea. I think it might be nice not to do that. Not that I'm overreacting to it, but you know, I don't need to have an incident um, where I'm in a car and kind of space out. Like I said, I don't know if I'm spacing out, and I'm I'm fine. Like, if anybody like talk to me, I'd be fine. Like they would, oh, yeah, hey. You know, they might see, might think I'm a little off, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what I was doing for this 20 to 30 minutes because my wife had just disappeared. Wow. Yeah. So
0: it could be scary.
1: Yeah. So I don't need that. And I don't need to be driving my car anywhere on a road trip at night where I really can't see already. Um, and then I fucking zone out. And then God forbid I hurt somebody in my car or myself or anything like that. So I just, I don't know. I just. I got this, these, two, these two shots I got to get through, which hopefully when you – hopefully I will do them successfully. And this airs. It'll be, oh, yeah, he did those. Um, but hopefully yeah. they'll, they'll go nice and smooth and uh, we'll be good. The promoter's nice to put me in a hotel. Um, uh, one in – because I'm leaving Saturday afternoon. So I can drive Saturday afternoon um, in the daytime. And then the signing's over at 6 o'clock on Sunday. But he's putting me up at a hotel Sunday, too, so I don't have to drive at night. So, I'm appreciative. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I don't sound like I'm whining and being like a downer, but these are the things that are happening. It's just, you know, it is what it is.
0: It happens, yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm at the point now where I probably have to start looking at maybe getting a hearing aid. I'm like, this is like... And that's the stuff that makes me crazy. You know, the mood swings, I can kind of manage them at this point. Um, but if you can't hear, you can't hear. You know, so like, what do I do? I keep saying what, or do I have to go to those miracle ear ear people? Um, and I don't think I could probably fake it. I could probably get because I know on the on the iPhone, it'll like it'll like amplify the sound for you in, in the yeah. room. So I'm thinking, well, if I yeah. do that, I have my phone, and they just think I have earbuds in, then it won't be too bad. But if I have to walk around with a fucking hearing aid thing, I a 48 years old, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, and it,
0: yeah, a well, little young for that.
1: It, it's silly that you like. Well, I'm embarrassed, but it, but it's it's what it is. You know, but I just don't. I don't like. It. You know, it's bad enough. I, I feel fat. <laughs> you know, and then people see me, and it's like, oh well, it's Mikey, but this looks nothing like Mikey. And then you know, you hear the comments, "Hey Bundy," <laughs> you know, which which is not necessarily an insult because I love the great Bundy. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you know, or you hear Butterbean, you know, or you, yeah. you hear the rumblings as they're walking past the table at the conventions, you know. And I, of course, I play it off like, "Ha ha, funny guy."
0: Hey, so don't forget like the no I
1: mean. Yeah, <laughs> but like, even even like Sam Sam calls me fat all the time, but when he says it, it doesn't really bother me, you know, because I know it's hack, and he's just that's just how he is. You know, he's asking a friend of mine, so it doesn't bother me, but. When other people do it, I'm like, ah, oh, this stings. I'm not being like a, a fucking um, snowflake about it. Like, you know what? When you take this, 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 and there's like a, a plethora of things that could possibly go wrong with me making an appearance uh, on top of the social anxiety I have already, eh, probably not a good idea. Probably good idea for, for me to kind of just stay home.
0: You were doing a bunch of signings for years. You were kind of racking them up there.
1: Yeah, and it, and Jerry, if, if you ever get Jerry Lynn on here, he'll tell you that they're, they're, he'll ask me all the time, you okay? You okay? And he'll know that if I just have to, he goes, oh, let's go for a walk and we'll just go somewhere. And I just got to take the noise and all the commotion out of it because all the shit going on, it kind of, I get wonky. But doing it with Jerry is always fun because he, he understands that he's, he's probably like my best friend. So it's nice to have that from him. And it's fucking Jerry Lynn for God's sakes. Yes. So yeah. So not to be downer and, and uh, you know depressing here at the end, but these are this is how it is, and you know I'm telling everybody. So.
0: Well, hopefully so anybody that else is.
1: feels this way, you ain't alone feeling this way. It's okay to feel shitty and be fucking off your rocker.
0: And hopefully, this is not your last uh, interview or last appearance. Hopefully, you uh, maybe, maybe decide to uh, get back out there and start doing them again.
1: I don't know. Like I said, stuff like this. And even these, I'm not doing for a while. You're, you're, I got the one I'm doing Saturday, which again is already over. Yeah. But like, I'm just, I'm done. Like, the promoter wants wants he wanted me to do a signing, a virtual one. I go, no, I'm not doing it. He goes, oh, I'll pay this much. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm thinking, God, that's a decent payday, you know? Which is, you uh, know, uh, but like, no, I'm I'm not not gonna do it. So then he offered to, to do it and have. Shit sent to my house, and I'll sign, and then just ship it back to him. Yeah, well, well, that I'll do because I don't have to do anything. I just sit in my house and just sign shit. Right. Right. So that's that's okay, but I don't want to embarrass myself because it's it's only a matter of time before I do one of these interviews, and it doesn't go well. And either going to say Mikey's on drugs, or he's um, drunk, or he's completely lost his fucking rocker, and I'd like to avoid that. Yes. So,
0: at all costs, yeah.
1: At all costs. <laughs> I mean, but it, I mean, if 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 I did do it, and that's what people noticed, I mean, well, okay, well, it is what it is. I'm not on drugs, and I'm probably not drunk, But I will have a drink every now and then. Uh, nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah, not at all. Not not at all. But no. hopefully, hopefully, you know, maybe in a little bit you relax, you settle down, and come back into
1: the wrestling world because uh, we're gonna miss you. I don't know. I'll miss some people, like I'll miss you, sir. You're you're you've always been oh. good to me, cool to hang out yeah. with.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you thank know, you. but it's time for me to just kind of go do what I got to do. And if you want to see me, you'll come to WrestleCon. There you go. And if you don't come to all WrestleCon, you won't see me, and that's fine too. All right, Mikey.
0: Thank you uh, so much Ooh. for all the time, and I appreciate being technically the last interview because we're going to pretend this is after that.
1: Yeah, we can so, do that. That's cool. Yeah. It's all the work.
0: Yeah, it's all working. Thank you. uh, Thank you so much for all the time. Really appreciate it.
1: Hey, thank you.
0: This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire. Become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at Pro Two Man Power Trip where the power lies, brother.